Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and I'm so glad you're joining me today because we are going to study Job 23, especially verses 8 through 10. Where was God in Job's life? And when Job couldn't sense the presence of the Lord, when he couldn't find God, this was such a time of difficulty, such a time of uncertainty. Well, we're going to see how Job responded. And it's the same way that you and I should respond in our times of difficulty or uncertainty. I hope you enjoy today, and I also hope that you'll check out our website, awakentograce.com. If you're growing through these sermons, if you are following and listening along, then I want to encourage you to check out our website and check out the link called Grace Givers, our grace-giving community. And if you're growing along with us, we hope you'll come alongside, pray along with us, and even consider supporting as we are on many different platforms. Well, I hope you enjoy today's sermon called, Where is God in Times of Uncertainty? I'm so glad that you are joining me today. I want to welcome you to Preaching Christ Church, and I am very glad that you have invited us into your home. So wherever you're watching or listening from, it means a great deal to me that we can share God's word together. I want to invite you to turn to Job chapter 23 because the Lord has put a very specific word in my heart, I think, for this season, for this time that each of us are living through. I don't think there's ever been a moment, at least within our lifetimes, that there has been this much uncertainty in the world. We look around and everywhere you look, there is uncertainty. You look at schools and they're all closing for the academic year. And you look at job situations and if some places have not completely closed, then they're slashing hours. You look at the health situation and so many people are fearful that they're going to contract this virus. And, and then, of course, you look at the economy and right now, as it appears, Lord willing, we're we're on the backside of this pandemic, but right now it seems as though all eyes are on the economy. And what will the U.S. economy do? It's almost as though we've had our economy in an induced medical coma. <laughs> and now we are just now beginning to wake it up and how it's going to respond and what's going to happen, no one truly knows. And then from the biblical perspective, I think many people are asking the question, is this pandemic a sign of Christ returning? Is, are we really living in the last days? Are we living in the end times? When will Christ return? And so I think whether you look at the church or you look at our jobs or you look at the economy or you just look within our own families, it feels as though there is enough uncertainty to go around everywhere. But this is why I want to share today a message with you that I want to call, Where is God in Times of Uncertainty? You know, most of us know the story of Job. Most people know a little bit about him. They know that he suffered a great deal. But today I want to look particularly at Job chapter 23. 
And you know, Job had a way of responding to the Lord that I think would be very beneficial for us to read, learn, and apply in our own lives. In Job chapter 23, Job has just finished a conversation with one of his three main friends. These friends came to Job in the midst of his calamity. And if you don't know anything about Job, let me just give you a quick mini crash course. You should read Job chapter 1 and and you'll get the, the, the full view of the calamity that really came upon Job's life. But in just within a day, within just a matter of hours, Job lost everything. Job lost his children in tragedy. Job lost all of his wealth in tragedy. Job even lost his health. Job lost it all. And Job's wife is very famous for coming to him. If you know the story, and Job's wife told him, said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? Isn't that an astounding statement? You know, I think preachers give Job's wife uh, uh, an unnecessarily hard time because I think what we forget about Job's wife is it was her children she lost as well. It was her family that she lost. It was her wealth she lost as well. She lost everything just like Job did. But Job didn't curse God and die. As a matter of fact, Job learned how to respond to the Almighty. Job learned how to give extraordinary responses to the Lord. One of my favorite aspects of Job is when he began to pray to the Lord. Do you know how Job actually prayed at one point? He simply covered his mouth. Mm. You know, my friends, there are many times that I'll enter into a prayer time with the Lord. And instead of doing all the talking, instead of bringing my incredibly long wish list of things that I'm praying for, you know what I do sometimes? I just sit before the Lord and I cover my mouth. Where did I learn that from? I learned it from Job. As most of you know who follow our church, you know that I'm blind. I lost eyesight a year and a half ago and I'm now blind in both of my eyes. And you know times of uncertainty for me, times that I question, why is God allowing this? What have I done that Perhaps God is angry at me, or why would God cause me to walk through this trial? Do you know what just seems to be my center? Because sometimes, like many of you, my emotions swing wildly. And sometimes this, sometimes this pendulum just swings. You know, sometimes my emotions are, are very strong, and they're good, and You know, I feel the joy of the Lord and even in the midst of darkness, literal physical darkness, I'm joyful and I'm at peace and I'm productive. But then there's sometimes that pendulum swings the other way and I struggle and I question and it's a time of uncertainty. You know, here lately, I'll just be very honest and very transparent with you. You know, when I struggle with blindness the most is when I wake up in the mornings. 
because I'll dream so vividly. I can see everything in my dreams with incredible color and incredible clarity. And then I'll wake up and it will be pitch black. And my emotions will tend to swing the other way. What's my center? What always brings me back to my center? It's learning how to pray like Job did. I'll cover my mouth. And what am I saying? I'm saying, you are God, and I am not. I'm saying that what you deem as good for me, I say is good for me too. Friends, when you're in a place of uncertainty, and we're going to see it in just a moment in Job 23, when you're in a place of uncertainty, where you can't figure out why God is doing what he's doing. You don't understand why God is allowing what he is allowing. Because we know that God could step in and in just a moment, change it all. (laughs) In just a moment, God could intervene. Do you often feel that way? Well, here's what I want to show you today out of Job 23. In those times that you and I feel like, God, if you would just work, if you would just help, if you would just intervene, things would be different. You know what we're going to see in Job 23 today is that God is working, (laughs) especially in times that you and I can't see it. Job chapter 23, verse number 8. In 22, his friends are telling him, Job, if you were a righteous man, If you were right with God, you wouldn't be going through this. That's some kind of friends, isn't it? You know, as as we get ready to look at verse 8, as a pastor, you don't know how many times I've been at funerals. I've got ready to to preach a funeral and very well-meaning Christians will come up and tell the family, just absurd things, thinking they're helping, thinking that they're, that they're, I, I, I thought about one time, I thought I need to do a sermon uh, about uh, stupid things Christians say. <laughs> and Job's friends would have been the classic example. They would be the outline of stupid things Christians say. And here this a friend in chapter 22 has come to Job and said, Job, if you were a righteous man, if you were right with God, if God were happy with you, you wouldn't be going through all these things. Isn't that where our mind naturally goes sometimes? I'll confess, sometimes I've had to say, Lord, have I done something that you would, that you would have this blindness come? Lord, have I? No. And what, what we're going to see today in Job 23 Is how you and I are to respond to the Lord in times of uncertainty. So look at it with me. Job chapter 23, verse number 8. This is after his conversation with this uh, friend who tells him, if you were right with God, if you were righteous, if you were living right, you wouldn't be experiencing this. And look what Job says. Job says in the previous verses, if I could find God, I would argue my case with him. And God would listen to me if I could find him. And look what he says in verse 8. He says, I went forward and God wasn't there. 
I went backward and I could not perceive him. I looked to my left and I could not see his work. And I looked to my right and he was not there. Oh, friends, have you ever been in seasons like that where God felt like he was one million miles away? Have you ever been in a season where it felt like the more that you prayed, the more silent heaven was? (laughs) And the more you sought the answers, the more questions you ended up with. Oh, I've been there before. And this is where Job was. He says, I looked for the Almighty, I would go forward, and God wasn't there. I'd go backward, and He wasn't there. To my left hand, He wasn't there. To my right hand, He wasn't there. God was nowhere to be found. But let me tell you what Job didn't know that we know. People, scholars believe that Job was actually the first book actually written of the Bible in chronological order. And let me tell you what Job didn't have. Job didn't have the remarkable promises out of the word of God in his life. And what makes Job's situation so much more different than our situation is that you and I have the spirit of God living within us and we have the precious promises out of the word of God. So now when seasons of darkness come upon us, when times of uncertainty come upon us, when the enemy would come and say, God has abandoned you, and God has left you, and God no longer cares for you. No, we have the word of God to refute those lies. And what's different in Job's situation of uncertainty and our situations of uncertainty? We know what the Bible says. I will never leave you nor forsake you, the word says. Do you believe that? Because right now, if you're in a time of uncertainty, right now, if you're in a season where you've lost your job, or you don't know if there's going to be a job to go back to when all this quarantine lifts, if you're in a time of uncertainty where you've gotten a diagnosis from a doctor that says you're not going to live, or that your quality of life is going to be diminished, if you're in a time of uncertainty, what is different about us and Job is you and I have thousands of promises out of the Word of God. And let me tell you, the Bible says that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ, every one of Every one of them. So now when we say, I move forward and God's not there, I go backward, he's not there. When I look to my left, I don't see him. And when I look to my right, he's not there working. It doesn't matter what our emotions say. It doesn't matter what fear says. It doesn't matter even what our circumstances says. What matters is what the word of God says. And God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, let me show you what Job knew that we often forget. He says, I go forward, he's not there. Backward, he's not there. To my left hand, he's not there. To my right, he's not there. Listen to what he says about God in verse 10. That he knows the way that I take. But he knows the way that I take. You know, there are some times in 
and discouragement. And you know, discouragement is one of the choice weapons of Satan. The Bible says that God is the God of all comfort. He is the great encourager. God says, be of good courage. And one of the choice weapons of Satan is discouragement. And there are times, moments of discouragement where I'll feel like saying, Lord, have you forgotten me? Have you forgot my circumstance? Have you forgot where I am? Have you forgotten? <laughs> Listen to what Job knew in his time of uncertainty. Job says, and he knows the way that I take. Hallelujah. My friend, God knows everything about you today. God knows absolutely everything about you. He not only knows what you're facing right now. He not only knows the fear you have right now. He not only knows the uncertainty that you're facing right now. But he knows what lies ahead. He knows what's around the curve. He knows, what, he knows what your future is. And let me tell you, God gives us a glimpse into our future. Did you know that? Jeremiah 29, 11. The Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. To give you a hope and a future. Hallelujah. That's God's plan for you. But you say right now, Chad, I don't feel it. Right now, I don't see it. Right now, I can't comprehend it. Right now, I look around and all I see is uncertainty. Well, my friend, that's why you need to look to the word of God. Because whereas all we see, in my case, literally, all I see is darkness. Let me tell you what the Bible says to me in the book of Micah. It says, even when I sit in darkness, the Lord will be light to me. Let me tell you what the Bible says in Psalms. It says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against God. Why? Because your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. No, the Lord knows my way. And the Lord knows your way. And he knows every step you're taking. He knows every step you are about to take. And he knows what's ahead of the curve. And God knows. It astounds me. I think about this when I go get my haircut. I'll call and schedule a haircut. And I often think of the scripture that God has the hairs of my head numbered. Now, why would God tell us a detail like that? Why would God say to his people, I've even numbered the hairs of your head? Because you know what I think the Lord is saying? I think the Lord is saying, I know you better than you even know yourself. Do you know the numbers of your hair? Probably not. I have no idea. Listen, God knows me better than I even know myself. And the Bible says he knows the way that I take. He knows my path. Why? Because the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And when the Lord takes you down a path, my friend, there may be hard paths along your way, 
There are hard paths along my way. But do you know what I'm finding in my own life? (laughs) Some years ago, some years ago, I prayed a ridiculous prayer that the Holy Spirit really convicted me of. I was beginning to go down this hard road. I, I, I didn't know how hard it would become, but it was in the beginning stages of it. And you remember those old commercials? I guess they're old. I don't know. Uh, but you'll probably remember them. They were Staples commercials, and they had a big red button, and it was the easy button. <laughs> and they were saying, hit the easy button and order from Staples. Clever marketing. But I remember praying very earnestly one night. I remember praying, Lord, would you hit the easy button for me? Lord, would you help me? I, I need, this is, this is hard, this is scary. This is a, this, this is a path I don't want to go down. God, would you, would you let me hit the easy button? And you know where the Lord took me? The Lord took me to Acts, where Paul said, Through many tears and many tribulations, we enter the kingdom of God. And it was through that scripture and it was on that night that the Holy Spirit so sweetly and preciously began to teach me, Chad, it is not my will for you to hit an easy button. My will is for you to endure hardness as a good soldier. My will is to let me burn endurance into you and burn sin out of you. My will is for you to take these crooked paths. And do you know why the Lord, rather than sometimes setting us on on this wide, easy path, do you know why the Lord sometimes leads us through crooked paths? So that our eyes stay upon him. And as I have lost eyesight, let me tell you what I have learned better than any time in my entire life. I've learned how to set my eyes upon the hills, Psalm 121. From where does my help come from? My help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. My friend, he knows the path you're on. He knows your way. And he knows everything happening in your life right now. He knows it all. And you may be saying, but where is he? Let me show you. Verse 10, Job says, he knows my way. (laughs) And when he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. Oh, friends, I can't tell you what that verse means to me. Now, Let me show you what Job knew that we forget. We know Satan was fighting Job. We know Satan was bringing all this calamity upon Job. But do you know what Job had the extraordinary ability to do? And it's an ability that we can learn. Job looked past the hand of Satan to the sovereign hand of God. Notice what he says. Not when Satan has done doing, has finished doing this. Not when Satan is finished with this trot. No, 
He looked right past the hand of Satan, directly to the sovereign hand of God. And look what he says. When he, God, has tried me. Do you have that ability in your life? Do you look past other people? Do you look past life circumstances? Do you look past uh, whatever the enemy's trying to do in your life? And do you ultimately look directly to the sovereign hand of God and say, when God has tried me, when, when this is over, when God's finished, that helps me. I try not to let other people dictate. I try not to let life circumstances dictate. I try to let the hand of God dictate what my joy is going to be. I've been thinking lately about the scripture that says that we should give thanks at all times, in all circumstances, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. What am I to give thanks for? I'm to give thanks that God's in control of all things. And the Bible says at all times, whether I'm in a good place or a difficult place, whether I'm in a secure place or an uncertain place, and in all circumstances, whether they're in my favor or they're currently against me, it doesn't matter. At all times, in all circumstances, I am to give thanks for this is the will of God Concerning me. Well, how can I give thanks in the will of God when I'm uncertain or when things are difficult? Because I realize his sovereign hand. And when he has tried me, I'm not worried about what Satan's trying to do. I'm not worried about that. I want to know what God's up to in my life. I want to know what he's leading. I want to know the path that he has me on. Why? Because God has a beautiful ultimate goal. And look what it is. Verse 10. When he has tried me, I will come forth as gold. <laughs> you know, the melting of gold is quite a beautiful process. And it really hadn't changed through all these centuries. The melting of gold is quite extraordinary. They'll mine a gold mine. And they'll bring out chunks of black rock and it's got all this rock on it, all this dirt on it, all this impurity in it. But in this chunk is gold. And if they can get to the pure gold, oh, how valuable it is. And do you know what it takes to refine gold? It takes fire. Not just a flame. It takes intense heat. And so they'll put this chunk of potential gold into this intense heat and you know what that intense heat does? Oh, how beautiful. Hallelujah. Oh, I just think of it and it just gives me chills to even think about it. See, what that does is going to burn off all the impurities. It's going to burn off all that rock. It's going to burn off all that dirt and all that grime. But do you know what? Real gold is never afraid of the fire. <laughs> you need to note that. <clears throat> Real gold is never afraid of fire because you know what fire does? It purifies it. It takes out all the dross. It takes out all the impurities. And real gold never fears the fire. I hope that's what I'm learning in my life. I hope that I'm learning not to be afraid of the intense heat of the Holy Spirit. 
Not to fear, not to fear the intense flame of God in my life. Why? Because it's taking all that impatience. It's taking all that pride. It's taking all that selfishness. It's taking all that ungodliness and it's burning it out and what a and 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 what they'll do in this refiner's fire is when all that dross comes up to the surface they'll scrape it off of the top of that gold and when he can see when the refiner can see his reflection in the gold that's when it's pure gold and do you know why you're going through what you are do you know why god's allowing you to walk through what you're walking through is because God's wanting to make gold out of you. And when God gets to the point that he can see his reflection in your life, you and I will come out as gold. See, this is why Peter told us in 1 Peter, don't think it's some strange thing when you face fiery trials for what's that fiery trial doing it's proving the genuineness it's proving the the authenticity of our of our faith so friend i want to invite you today to see your circumstances through a different lens through the word of god i want to invite you to see uncertainty through a different lens through the word of God. And in times in our life when we don't feel the Lord or we can't see the Lord, you and I should have this confidence. He knows our way. He knows right where we are, right what, right. He knows what we are facing and he knows how to get us through it. And when he, God, not Satan, when he, God, the sovereign one, When he has tried us, when he takes us through the refiner's fire, we'll come forth as gold. May I pray with you today? I don't know what you're facing, but let's pray together. Father, I pray for every person watching or listening to today's sermon, that whatever it is they face in their life, that they would have the confidence that God is sovereign and God is good. Lord, I just want to declare publicly. I want to declare it out of this pulpit, God, that even in blindness, you are good. You're good. And you're so gracious to me, Lord God. And I thank you. I thank you for this way that you have me on. I thank you, God, for these crooked paths that I'm walking. I thank you, God, that you're teaching me to set my eyes up on the hills, for that's where my help comes from. I thank you, God, for the flame. I thank you for the fire that's burning out impurities, Lord God. And I thank you deeply. And I thank you personally for what you're leading me through in this very hour. And God, I pray for my friends. I pray for my brothers and sisters that you'll help them in their moments of difficulties, that you'll be with them in their times of uncertainty and even times that we can't see or feel you. We'll bank 
We'll bank on the word of God. And we'll know you will never leave us and you will never forsake us. Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you for this hour we're living in. Thank you for what you're doing in the earth right now. Thank you for how you're moving in your church. And God, we glorify you and we give you honor and glory and praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Friends, thank you so much for watching or listening today. Uh, I want to encourage you, if today spoke to your heart, if God ministered to you in some way, you know, I would, it would mean so much to me to know that. Uh, I want to invite you to email me personally. Over the last couple of weeks, I've gotten emails from people listening in New York, in Indiana, in Florida, uh, in Mississippi, in Pennsylvania. Oh, you just don't know what it means to me when people take the time uh, just to write a quick email and tell me how the Lord's helping you. You know, even though I'm blind, um, when you email me personally, my AI device, it, it reads your email to me. So uh, if you would like, uh, please email me at pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. Pastorchadroberts at gmail.com. Let me know where you're listening from, and I'd love to connect with you. Thank you so much for joining us. Join us next week at the exact same time on the same platforms. I love you, and I'm praying for you. Thank you.